Welcome to the fourth, um, fourth seminar. Uh, this is a seminar called SDAs and GPAs. And we've had uh, a couple sessions already. The first session was with me on regarding the prophecy of campus ministries. The second one was on the importance of the devotional life. The third one was on how weird you are and weird lifestyle, uh, weird lifestyle, weird lifestyle on, on campus. <laughs> and uh, this is on time man management. How many of you have a problem with time management? Okay, and the people are still just coming in. So, hey, I wanted to ask you if there's a, if the blank seat next to you, just shimmy on over, um, either to the center or to the wall. But make sure it's not difficult to get into the, this, the center here. And uh, it's just, just to be nice and helpful and whatnot. Okay, right now, if you can, um, this is going to be a little bit longer session. So if you guys need to get out and walk out, and you're going to fall asleep and kill someone, then, then get out. We don't want you to do that. Uh, but if we're gonna, I'm going to ask for a little bit more time, if that's okay. A little bit more time in a time management seminar. Now she got, she's the only one that she's got. You're a graduate student, yeah? No, you should be. Okay. <laughs> now, uh, no, that, that's a compliment. You're, you're, you're smart. Yeah. Um, I'm going to ask... Okay, we're gonna do, we do this every seminar. We're going to do it one time. How many of our students? Because there's a lot more people here. Okay, this will apply to you as a student, and this will apply to you as a non-student. Let's have a word of prayer, and we're going to jump into this right away. Okay, let's pray. Gracious Father, you are the God of time. Father, help your creations, your loved ones, to abide in time. Especially, Lord, we are Seventh-day Adventists. I believe the majority of people in this room are. Lord, we have a special cognizant relationship with time itself. We are people of prophecy. Father, though this be the, the larger aspects in, of, of the Bible and whatnot, Father, help in our daily lives, our personal lives, to be faithful stewards of time. And uh, Lord, as a fruit of that, uh, be successful in our daily jobs, our classes, uh, so that we may give glory back to you and fulfill the three angels' messages in this day and age. Lord, bless each, uh, each servant of yours in this room. We ask for a special blessing of the Holy Spirit the covering of Jesus Christ's blood and uh, the, the smile of, the, of, of God the Father upon us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The seminar is entitled, the, don't know what it's entitled. Hey, can you turn the lights off? Awesome. I always wanted to say that and it's totally, oh, you need the lights back up again? Just for one second. Can you turn the lights up like one second? <laughs> while, you're, while we're waiting for whatever that's gotta be done, can you turn to the person next to you and say hi? And, and do that. Okay, okay, you don't have to date each other, just say hi. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, and again, I, I just want to reiterate this. We're working through this together. There's a lot of material here, yes? Uh, if it's too much, you can just kind of zonk out. That's fine with me. I'm not offended by that. But if you do fall asleep, 
Um, just, just tape your eyelids open or you, you, know, you jab each other. And I'm saying that we got to work together, amen? we got to work <laughs> together. Work together, okay? So can you hit the lights one more time? Thanks, buddy. Okay, first slide here is uh, value of time. If you had $1,440 a day expired by the end of the day and you could not save it, how would you use it? Would you use it? Yes? Yeah. Okay, I know, you, I know you already know what we're going towards, but just, you know, I don't care. We have 1,440 minutes a day, 10,080 minutes a week, 32,400 minutes a month, and 525,600 minutes a year, like the song that some of you guys are familiar with. Uh, I'm not going to sing it. How are we to spend this time? Okay? Sacred references. Genesis 1. You don't have to open to it. I know you already know it. Okay? God does not procrastinate. It is antithetical to his nature to procrastinate. He did not say, I'm going to make this a let there be light. Ah, you know, I'm kind of tired today. Let's just make half of it, and I'll make the other half tomorrow. Now, if he did that, there would have been cosmological repercussions of we would be suffering right now. Okay? He didn't make, they make half the moon here, and then half the moon the other day. And you, you know what I'm saying. Okay? On one day, he set apart time to make whatever on that one day. Okay? Now, he, he, fore, he forethought something to make, and then he accomplished it on that day. Okay? We, as his creations, have to reflect his nature. That's called character development. And we also have to accomplish what we need to do in a set apportioned time that's been given to us. Amen? Now, I know that sounds wonderful and great, but your students are thinking, that just doesn't happen in real life. Amen? Now, you're, either you're saying nothing out of guilt, or you just fundamentally don't agree with the theory altogether. Okay? Now, we're going to look at some, some writing, some, some suggestions of, by the spirit of prophecy, uh, and then talking about these things. Proverbs 22, 29. This is one of the favorite Bible verses of Benjamin Franklin. You know who the, all that is? You all know who, anyway. Proverbs 22, 29. Seest thou a man diligent in his business? He shall stand before kings. He shall not stand before me. Mean, that, that mean is not like meanies, like, 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 oh, like, like angry people. That means average, like mathematical mean, okay? So that means if you're diligent, if you're faithful, and if you do well what you do, you will someday stand before kings and not stand before Joe Schmo, the hot dog vendor. And that's okay if you stand before him, but what we want to do is stand before kings someday. And that's, that's the Joshua's, that's the, the Joseph's, that's the Daniel's, that's the Paul's, that's the Jesus's, whatever, okay? Benjamin Franklin, did he stand before kings? Yes. The kings of England and France, and, and he, was, he fulfilled that, okay? Daniel 9, 24, 27, if you don't know this prophecy, you've got to memorize it, you've got to know like the back of your feet, okay? This is a time prophecy of Christ's first advent. You know this? The, uh, the seven, seven, 70 weeks, da 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 If you have no idea what I'm talking about, God bless you, uh, you need to find out what that is, okay? And you need to, you need to pester your pastor, your mom and dad, or uh, don't pester me, but we'll email me, okay? Mark 1.15 is the, uh, the second gospel of, of, of the New Testament. Uh, verse 15 says, Jesus says, the time is what? Question. If you actually open your Bibles, and you don't have to, but if you want to, go to Mark chapter 1, and it's the first verse in the gospel of Mark that it's in red letters. Now, Jesus' first words, his debut words in the gospel of Mark is, the time is fulfilled. Now, he didn't say it that way, but I'm just saying that because you don't fall asleep. The time is fulfilled. Question, what time? Of what? Now, he's saying the prophecy of Daniel 9 is fulfilled. Oh, I just stepped on your foot. 
I'm so, literally, I stepped on her foot. You're so nice. Um, Jesus said he would be baptized in 27 AD, be crucified 31 and a half, and then 34, the gospel would be go out to all the nations, yes? Now, it's 27 AD, right before he says the time is fulfilled, right before this statement, what event is happening? Jesus is being baptized. And straightway coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens open, and then the Holy Spirit came down like a dove, and the, the, uh, the, uh, the God the Father says, Thou art my beloved. Said, you, know that, you know the episode, yes? And right afterwards, he gets tempted, and he says, The time is fulfilled. Basic point. Jesus is always on time. He did not say, ah, I'll wait, a, I'll wait a year. Ah, this crucified thing, this is a little bit too much psychologically uncomfortable for me. I'll wait next year to get crucified. Okay? If he did that, all of the just wouldn't work. <laughs> okay? Just wouldn't work. And we at Seventh-day Adventists would have a humongous problem. Okay? Now, Ephesians 5, uh, 5, 15 through 17 says this. Read it all together. Read it. Ready? Go. See then that ye walk not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Okay, question. Are the days evil? What does that mean? Days are evil. Okay? Days are evil for those of you who write papers, and you know that the paper is due tomorrow, and does time have any mercy whatsoever? No, time could care less who you are. Time is ticking away, ticking away, ticking away, and it's getting closer and closer and closer. And you're like, mercy. And you know what you wish sometimes you had like a, like, a, like a button to stop time and finish your paper and then click, click on time again? Okay, that will never happen. The movies are wrong. Don't ever wish that. Can never happen. Okay, metaphysically cannot happen. Okay, so here, the days are evil, but, he, but the Bible says, Paul says, redeeming the time. Can we redeem the time? Can you go back and live the life that you once did? Can you, let's say you just spent four hours on Facebook. And I know you guys spent four hours on Facebook. Okay? Can you go back and like, man, this is such a waste of time. Let me just and, and live that life again. Can you do that? Obviously, no. Question is, how do you redeem the time? How do you redeem time? Okay. He says, see then that you walked what? Meaning the life and the time that we live in now. We've got to be very careful of how we live. Did you know you're all weird? Today is December 31st, where the majority of the world is getting smashed tonight. And here you are, you're Bible nerds, and like, hey, Ephesians 5. <laughs> Do you understand this is weird? But amen, amen? amen. <laughs> okay. We're going to talk about how to redeem the time today. Purpose of time. Uh, I'm not going to read the, the references. You can get this PowerPoint. I'll get it to you later if you want. Your voice, your influence, your time, all these are what? Now, I don't want any person in this room to complain. says, I don't have any gifts. I can't preach. I can't do this. She says three things. What's the first thing? Your? Do you have a voice? Do you speak the English language? Some of you. <laughs> okay? Those are gifts. Second, your influence. And also third is what? Your what? Your time. These are to be used for what purpose? In winning souls to Christ. Okay? And we, we'll talk, we talked about that in some, some, some seminars. We're going to talk about it in some others. Everyone should study, the second quote here, should study strict economy in the outlay of means, and he should exercise even greater faithfulness in handling that which belongs to another than managing his own affairs. we got to be scientists on time management. Amen? 
Okay? This is a gift the Lord has given us. Okay? Now we're going to continue. Okay? Oh, that's not the end. That better not be the end. Okay, now I just showed you all this and you're getting discouraged. Oh, man. Okay, don't get discouraged. You promise don't get, you're not going to get discouraged? I'm discouraged by the fact that... Okay, I am encouraged. Okay, first, improper use of time. Improper use of time. Well, number one, unsanctified ambition. Okay, this is for college students. She writes, There is no time now to fill the mind with theories of what is popularly called what? Higher education. Now, she, now, listen to me very carefully. She's not blasting higher education. Keep reading. The time devoted to that which does not uh, tend to assimilate the soul to the likeness of Christ is so much time lost for eternity. Shall we allow what? Unsanctified ambition to take possession of the heart and lead us to neglect the education required to meet the needs of this day of peril. Okay? A lot of us go to Harvard, Yale, State, uh, community college, whatever, not for winning souls, but for what? Higher education. We just want to get the degree. We think if we have the degree, then a, then a wonderful man will marry me. If we get the degree, I'll make a billion dollars. If I get the degree, my mom will like me now. You know, whatever it is, we have unsanctified ambition, right? We want to be the Bill Gates to get, uh, so we get the degree. By the way, Bill Gates doesn't have a degree, okay? Anyway, she says, do we have no time for unsanctified ambition? Does she say we have no time for ambition at all? There are other quotes that say, if you want to sit in the highest councils of the land and deliberate with the leaders and become the president, Amy, you can become president of the United States if you don't, you don't want to be. And uh, We need to become the highest echelon of society. God promised the, that we be the head and not the tail. But here we're like Adventists and we sit in our closets and we're like, I'm just going to be, you know, an Adventist. <laughs> just sew or something. There's nothing wrong with sewing. Okay. But our ambitions must be very high. Amen. Amen. That means if you're going to be a rock climber, be the very best rock climber you, you can be. You can be a trash collector, be the very best trash collector you can be. If you can be a hairstylist, be the very best hairstylist you can be. If you can be the doctor, be the Surgeon General of the United States. Okay? Don't aspire for the neighborhood pediatrician, and there's nothing wrong with that. But be the very best neighborhood pediatrician if you're going to do that. Okay? But she's saying unsanctified ambition, and a lot of times we devote our energy and take classes that we shouldn't, we could take degrees that we shouldn't, majors that we shouldn't, for unsanctified ambition. Is that clear? Amen. Amen. Okay. Two, there's no time for engaging in trifling amusements, the gratification of selfish propensities. It is time that you were occupied with serious thoughts. You cannot dwell upon the self-denying, self-sacrificing life of the world's Redeemer and find pleasure in joking and jesting and whiling away your time in foolishness. Now, is she against joking altogether? And you should have no fun and you should be serious and eat, you just eat, eat cement for lunch. Is that what she's saying? No. Okay. But there is a spirit in young people that only looks for joking and jesting all the time. There's a popular TV show in the 90s called Friends. Now, it's, uh, some of you may think that's a wonderful TV show, and there's a, lot, there's a lot of humor in there. Now, question is, do these individuals ever work? They're in a coffee shop every episode. All the time. No one lives like that. Now, here's the thing. Because of that TV show, people think the ideal for life is to sit around and to joke around for 30 minutes every day, if not longer. And that's the ideal nirvana to reach in life. Okay? We live in an American westernized culture where we want to have a sarcastic, entertainment-oriented, just laugh, 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 life. Is that life? No. 
We've got to be very careful, especially as young people, of how, can, should we have fun? Absolutely. But should we waste our life in jesting and joking all the time? No. Number three, over-economizing of time. I'm not going to read the whole thing. She basically says, a lot of us, we want to save so much time, we waste more time. <laughs> yes? We try to save so much. Hey, I'm going to do this myself. I'm going to do this myself. And in the end, you have so much to do, and you can't do it, and you just you blew it. You, you waste all your time. Number four. Fables. I saw that we have no time to throw away in listening to fables while false doctrines and dangerous errors are pressed upon the mind. She basically says you have no time to sit around and listen to a story just for the story's sake for two hours and just, just listening, 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 listening. The story has no fruitful benefit to your soul whatsoever. Amen? Okay, number five. Professed believers in the truth dwell upon the petty trials and difficulties which Satan has magnified before them. Time is wasted and that can never be recalled. Too often, we, we think of ourselves, 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 I'm going to stop, ourselves, okay? College students, what am I going to major in, what am I going to major in, what am I going to major in, after you graduate, who am I going to marry, who am I going to marry? Stop thinking about yourself, think about what you need to do, and God will take care of all these things. I know that sounds like an overgeneralization, but that's the reality of the matter, okay? How often do we think of the things that have been wronged against us, and we think about it, 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 think about it. Can you do anything to solve this? I had a roommate once who would sit in his and be like, man, my professor said I was dumb. I'm not dumb. <laughs> I'm not dumb. And he's just like, he's just, he's just I'm, not, I'm not dumb, I'm just smart. My, my dad said I was smart. And he's, he's rolling around in his bed. I'm, I'm not I'm smart, I'm smart. My dad said, and he's rolling around, rolling around. Can he do anything to change that opinion of the professor? Yeah. Well, he can, yeah. He should be doing it. Instead of rolling around in his bed and wasting time. Okay? Now, I'm using a stupid analogy, but we all do that all the time, don't we? Okay, this boy rejected me. Why does this boy I have like one. I have long. Da, 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 da. Stop. Stop thinking of yourself. Do what you got to do. Okay? Basically. We're going to get into more practical stuff a little bit later, but here's what we, how we should not use time. Sleep. We should not sleep. Now, you, you, hey. Just trying to wake up those who are asleep. God has no use for lazy men and women, I'm going to add that in there, in His cause. He wants thoughtful, kind, affectionate, earnest workers. Indolence is proof, proof of what? Depravity. That means sinful degradation over 6,000 years. Men who will unnecessarily take the precious hours of daylight for sleep have no sense of the value of precious golden moments. Now, is she, don't take this out of context, is she against naps? Now, if you've been staying up because you know, there was a hospital crisis or whatever, and you got to take a nap because you're going to die, and, sure, the nap is whatever. But she says she uses the adverb unnecessarily. Uh, I don't have anything to do today. Uh, what should I do? Uh, I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> she writes, such men will prove only a what? Whoa. Awesome, I love the bluntness. A curse. You're a curse. Get up. Curse to the cause of God. Persons who have not acquired habits of close industry and economy of time should have set rules to prompt them to regularity and dispatch. We're going to get a little bit more practical, but this is how we shouldn't be using our time. Amen? Okay, Six, uh, proper use of time. One, prayer. We should spend our time in prayer. I know that's cheesy and it's, it's granted, but read this. Every morning take time to begin your work with... Do not think this is wasted time. It is time that will live 
through eternal ages. Two, economize time. Now, the previous quote says, do not over-economize time. We've got to learn how to economize time. Okay? And here's the thing. I want to talk to the men in this group. It is scientifically proven that men cannot uh, multitask. Okay? Because we have two hemispheres of brains. We do one thing well. Men can actually focus better than women. Men, women can actually multitask. Are all men this way and all women this way? No. But these are overgeneralizations in neurology. Okay? Now here's the thing. They did a, did a study where they did 20 men and 20 females. This is a PBS special. They did this on the, specialty of the, brain, uh, the specialization of the brain. And they had men. They gave them a couple of tasks to do. They gave women a couple of tasks to do. And they videotaped them both. Now here's the funny thing. Women multitasked efficiently and effortlessly. Okay? They had a little doll on their side. They were a microwave something, making photocopies. They had a knock on the door. They, went, they, had, they carried the, the, uh, the uh, what is it? The, the thingy. They opened the door. They, were sign they, had, they had a phone in this, this thing, and they're, and they're signing away, and then whatever. Okay? Okay? 20 out of 20 women all multitasked. Okay? Of the men. <laughs> 19 of the 20 could not multitask. Now, they weren't given instructions to multitask or not. This was just their natural course of action. Okay? Now, the men would do this. This is funny. One guy was microwaving something. He heard a knock at the door. He stopped the microwave. He went to the door. He put the baby down, signed the thing, picked up the baby, burped the baby, after the baby was done, and then pressed go again on the microwave. Okay? Now, that is a gender generalization, okay? That's the way, okay, there are, the corpus callosum is a lot more connected between women. There's a lot more multitasking going on. They're more in tune with their emotions, whatever. Are all women like this? No, okay? Some males have feminine brains, and some females have masculine brains. It's just the way it works, okay? That being said, this is the beauty of how men and women should work together, right? Ma masculine brains provide the focus. Female, provide, female brains provide the over, overarching perspective. And when working together, very efficient when working together, okay? That's why masculine forms of leadership are all about one object-oriented, goal-oriented achievement. Like, well, yeah, 50 men in an army. We want to build a bridge. Oh, okay, bridge, 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 bridge. Bridge, okay? Now they've killed everything else inside. Now, whereas females, if they want to build a bridge, they think about well, how are we making the bridge, and what's going to, what color is it going to be, and who is it going to affect, and then who should we call, and, and what happens is they get the full plan after about a year, but they never actually build the bridge. Okay? Now, don't be offended. I'm just saying that to keep you guys alive here. Now, here it's saying here, economize time. Economize time. Some think it's no sin to idle away their time, while others who love the precious cause of truth economize their time. It means they use time twice. And we're looking at practical things on how to do that, okay? Overcome slowness. Number three, I love this quote. This is really long, but I love it. Oh, I so love it, okay? Because I, I speak fast. Have you noticed I speak fast? I try to efficiently speak within this time. I know you guys got a lot of things to do. Here it says, it is not a virtue for men or women to excuse what? Now, bung I love that word. Repeat it one more time. Bungling. bungling. I love that word, bungling. Do you know someone who bungles? I know someone who bungles. We, I went to go sleep over his house, and he was just the slowest person ever. And I have a horrible habit to finish people's sentences. And he would, we had to go somewhere. We had to go skiing. I forget it was when I was younger. And he put on one sock. Oh. 
And one sock was on and sit on the bed and he kind of like look up in the ceiling and philosophize about the meaning of life only with one sock on. This is slow bungling. The slow habits must be overcome. Now I know there's some of you here like, oh, he's speaking too fast, and uh, what, what did he say? And uh, these are the people that I thought was so annoying in class. You know, they're always raising the professor, professor, what did you say? What page? Uh, where do we have to do? And like, ah, bungling, okay? <laughs> she says this, the man who is slow and does his, work at a, is, does his work at a disadvantage is an unprofitable workman. His slowness is a defect that needs to be seen and corrected. He needs to exercise his intellect in planning how to use his time as so, uh, so as to secure the best results. When one is forever at work and the work is never done, it is because what? Read the rest. Mind and heart are not put, into, heart are not put into the work. Okay? This is why, friends, if you are late to something, it's not because you're busy. It's because your heart and mind were not into that event to go to begin with. Coming to church, you must come on time. Coming to a seminar, you must be on. That means your heart and your mind are into it. Okay? Your heart and your mind are into dating. That's why when it's a date time, you're going to be there on time. Right? But if it's your exam, you're like, you don't really want to go. You ever, like, when you're sitting in your car, like, I really don't want to go. So you, you, you keep the speed limit for the first time in your life because you don't want to go. Okay? Your heart and your mind, your mind and your heart have to be into it. Okay? Is that clear? Amen? There is something to be learned every day as to improve the manner of labor so as to get through the work and have time for something else. It is the duty of every worker not merely to give his strength but his mind and intellect to that which he undertakes to do. Some are, who are engaged in domestic labor are always at work. It's not because they have so much to do, but they do not plan in such a way to have, have time. Does this, does this make sense? Now, I'm telling you this. If you say that you're busy, you're not busy. If you have the time to say, hey, friends, I'm busy. If you have the time to get on Facebook and on your status update says, I am busy. On your I am status to say, I'm really busy. You're not busy. This is making sense. More than that, it is pride that you want everyone to know that you're doing something, but you don't even know what yourself, yourself is doing. That was grammatically incorrect. So you put it out in the public just to show that, hey, I'm busy. I'm really important. I don't know what I'm doing, but I want you to know that I'm important and it's my pride. I'm busy. They're probably playing solitaire. Okay? They're not busy. Now, I'm being sensitive here. I know a lot, a lot of you do that, and I'm not, I don't know any of you. I'm not saying anything specific here. But if you're really busy, you won't have the time to do that. Okay? We've got to overcome some of these, these. This is a spiritual problem of not keeping time. Amen? It's a spiritual problem. Keep going. Oh, they got to read this. This is really good. Uh, in the middle there, they says, They should give themselves a certain time to accomplish their task and make every move tell. You may cultivate your powers to do the very best kind of service, and then you will find yourselves in demand anywhere and everywhere. Okay? This is, this is character development. This is, this is real virtue, virtue, virtue creation here. Okay? Meaning this, I have a paper to write. I'm going to give myself five hours to accomplish the first five pages. And you drill it, and you, you, you that's, the, that's the aim to, that's the mark to aim. And you, you, you exercise every, all your power, all your energy, all your intellect to make sure you accomplish it in, in that. Now, if you do it beforehand, boom, you get, you get a 15 minute break and get some like veggie Cheetos or whatever you gotta do, okay? But too often, we say this, I don't wanna write this paper. 
I'll probably be done sometime, sometime today. <laughs> Eight o'clock rolls around in the evening, nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, 12 o'clock. And right about one o'clock, you start, start thinking of the health message. You know, it's really unhealthy <laughs> for me to stay up. I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe I should go to sleep and I'll wake up early. And, and you know, the Lord always blesses people who get up early in the morning, right? And I'll, I'll be more clearer and I'll do that. So you go to sleep and you get up in the morning and what happens? You, you, don't, you, don't, you don't wake up and you die, okay? Four, necessity of thought and prayer. This is a really good one. I wanna, I wanna, I'm going to slow down a little bit for this one because this one's really good. Many, even in their seasons of what? Fail receiving the blessing of real communion with God. They are in too great haste. With hurried steps, they press through the circle of Christ's loving presence, pausing perhaps a moment within the sacred precincts, but not waiting for counsel. They have no time to remain with their divine teacher. With their burdens, they return to their work. How many of you, when you do your devotions, it seems like you're just doing it for the motions, yes? You just do a check off. How many of you said, I'm going to read a chapter a day in, this, in Scripture? And you do that, and you say, oh, today's done, I'm done, devotions are done. How many of you are a little bit more sanctified? I'm going to read one chapter of Ellen White a day. And you're like, this is a long chapter. You just keep on reading, 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 reading. Okay? Now, too often we just press through the devotion just to get, get through it. God doesn't bless that. Not because he doesn't want to. He can't. You're not waiting for him to bless you. After this, there was one student who says, Lord, I'm going to make a commitment to make devotion the most powerful moment of my life in the, in, 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 in the daily schedule. So he gets on his knees and he does a uh, 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 devotion at 7 o'clock. So he does his devotion. He's like, Lord, I'm not going to get off my knees until you speak to me. Until I know. I'm going to wrestle just like Jacob did. I'm going to wrestle until I know you've spoken with me. Well, that day he does this and he just happens to have a quiz at 9 o'clock. Okay, it's a big quiz. So he's on his knees and it's like seven rolls, uh, 8 o'clock rolls around. He's like, Lord, I'm going to pray until you speak to me. And he's waiting, and he's waiting. And, he, and how when you're waiting in prayer, and you're kind of like looking at your clock, and you're hoping the Lord doesn't look at that, and you're like, ugh. And he's like, <laughs> there's something conscious in your brain. It's like, hey, it's almost 9 o'clock. You should be getting out of your room around 8.45. Okay? He said, Lord, I'm not going to get off my knees. Please speak to me. Please speak to me. Please speak to me. Well, what happened was 9 o'clock rolled around. 9.30 rolled around. And right around 10 o'clock, he knew the Lord spoke to him. Now, this is a personal nature. We're not going to talk about it, but basically that's what happened. Okay. He's thinking, man, I missed my class. What am I going to do? But he's like, hey, the Lord's first. I'm on this campus to win a soul, not to get the A in, in class, and Lord, you're going to have to take care of it. Now, he wasn't being foolish about the quiz, you understand. He wasn't being foolish. So he goes out, and guess what happens? Class just happens to be canceled. And then the, quiz, the notes that he needed for the quiz, his friend comes up and says, hey, I, I thought you weren't there, so here it is. Study this. In addition to that, when he was walking out, there were no other students walking on campus because they were all technically in, in class or whatnot. And the dean was walking out there. And the dean's like, hey, you, what are you, what are you doing out here? And instead of freaking out, he's like, uh, he actually said that. So he's like, you know what? Today, I, I'm, a, I'm a Christian. Oh, and he explained the whole thing. And he, and he developed a relationship with the dean. And the dean invited him to some special events and some special projects and, and then became to do some special things, which I can't tell you right now because we're waiting for what's going to happen. Okay. But basically, he got to speak to some state leaders as a result. He was faithful. Modern-day Daniels exist today because devotions was made number one. But what do we do? We read one chapter. It's done. Ugh, that was a long chapter. First Chronicles, woo! And you go 
and it's as if you're actually wasting your time doing the devotion to begin with. Next one. These, uh, this is continuing. These workers can never attain the highest success until they learn the secret of strength. They must give themselves time to what? Think. To think and then to? Pray and then to? Wait upon God for renewal of physical, mental, and spiritual power. She even says physical power. Okay? Write this down. It's very practical stuff. Okay? One is to think. Two is to pray. Three is to wait. They need the uplifting influence of the Spirit. Receiving this, they'll be quickened by fresh life. The weird frame and tired brain will be refreshed, and the burdened heart will be lightened. Not a pause for a moment in His presence, but a personal contact with Christ to sit down in companionship with Him, this is our need. How powerful can it be when you know that the Lord of this universe has spoken to you this morning? That's proper time management. The reason I'm going through this is, I think you were coming here like, hey, how can I make more time? But what I'm saying is this, if we go through the principles of you getting more time, how do I know that you'll use that time more efficiently? How do I know with all the time that you save, you'll spend it more on Facebook? There's nothing wrong with Facebook. Well, there's a lot of things wrong with Facebook, but it's not a wrong medium all in itself. Yes? Okay. We need to say, Lord, help me stretch my time. And the extra time that I have, who are you going to give it to? To the Lord's cause. That's the only way He'll bless your time. Five, exercise is not a waste. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Basically, exercise. Okay? It'll make you smarter. The New York Times says that. The, the research proves that. Ellen White says it a lot, about 150 years ago. If you exercise, you will get smarter. More oxygen, more neurons. It'll just be more plasticity of the brain. Just exercise. Get up and walk around and exercise. Amen? Amen. Okay, number six. God as your guide. Maybe thinking, oh, how am I supposed to use my time? How is, how, 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 you complain, complain, complain. Don't complain. You say, Lord, I have a schedule before me. You tell me how to use my time. It develops your personal relationship when you ask God, how should I use my time? In the end, it says this. In the expenditure of money, in the use of time, strength, and opportunities, let every Christian look to God for guidance. Number seven. Oh, this is a good one. Oh, man, I love this one. Okay. Since a training, regardless of gender, since both men and women have a part in homemaking, boys as well as girls should gain a knowledge of household duties. To make a bed and put a room in order. By the way, all of you, when you leave your hotel rooms, your bed should be made. Yes? yes. Okay. Just be saying that my bed wasn't made this morning. Okay, I'm just going to... Hypocrite, but hey, it's, it's, it's true. <laughs> to make a bed and put a room in order, to wash dishes, to prepare a meal, to wash and repair his own clothing, clothing is a training that need not make any boy less... Amen, Amen men. No, not the woman. Men, the women are like, amen. <laughs> it will make him happier and more. Okay, so if you fix your own clothes, make your own food, make good food, cook, don't microwave, cook. Okay, use your, your time to expand yourself, not just be like a male, like a barbaric, you know, some kind of caveman, but actually use and become a more rounded person. Okay, amen, ladies. Okay, this is for you, ladies. And if girls, in turn, could learn to harness and ho drive a horse. Now, just be careful. Just, 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 just go with me here. Go with me. To use the saw and the hammer, as well as the rake and the hoe, they would be better fitted to meet the emergencies of life. It is essential for our daughters. 
It is essential for our daughters to learn the proper use of time, as well as it is for our sons, and they are equally accountable to God for the manner in which they occupy it. Life is given us for wise improvement of the talents we possess. So, maybe thinking, what is of the horse? You know, in her day, didn't have cars, she had horses. So today, women should learn how to change a flat tire. Learn to use a saw or a hammer. Don't worry about your nails. Your nails are going to get broken anyway, okay? <laughs> use your time to make yourself more rounded. Okay, I'm going to use this analogy. It's a story. They're going to hate me for using it. My missionaries, our missionaries at campus, or there was, we have a girl's house and a guy's house. And in the girl's house, the electricity all went out. Okay? These girls absolutely freaked out. It's like they've never seen the electricity go out in their lives before. So what did they do? They thought, who knows the solution to this? Ah, a man will know. <laughs> now, they didn't say this, but they acted, anyway, they did this, okay, and communicated with their actions. So they called a young, wonderful gentleman, and he came over, and he took out a useful tool called his finger. <laughs> and he went to the fuse box, and he moved his finger about half, a, half an inch and the electricity magically, supernaturally <laughs> came back. Now, how much time, now this is funny, but how much time could they have saved gas, energy on the poor young gentleman? Now, he was chivalrous and wonderful and, and not condescending like I am, but he was a wonderful guy. And he, and he, but how much, you know what I'm saying? Men and women alike. We're not blasting one gender or the other. Use your time wonderfully. Okay, number eight, constantly approve, improve. Okay, we're not going to read the whole thing, but it says progress every day continually in the middle there. It says each year they should develop a deeper piety, a tenderer spirit, a greater spirituality, and more thorough knowledge of Bible truth. And what I'm saying is this. Time management improves every single year. Okay, I'm not good at it yet. I will never get good at it, but I was better than I was before. Yeah, okay. So there's no, there's no magic schedule, no magic computer program, no magic formula that'll say, now you've procrastinated and boom, now no more procrastination ever again in your life. What I'm saying is conversion is the answer to that. Character development is the answer to that. Jesus is the answer to that, yes? Now, it gets better every year, okay, better. Better, but improve, improve, improve. Some practical things are, number one, when you have an hour of leisure, open this Bible and store the mind with its precious truths. When engaged in labor, guard the mind, keep it stayed upon God, talk less, and meditate more. Meaning, have the brain saturated with the Word of God. Memorize Scripture. Start small. Don't go to memorize Proverbs. Proverbs is really hard, okay? You can memorize a proverb, but not Proverbs, <laughs> because it's just kind of unorganized. It's just kind of random, like a king about a fool and then a woman. And it's like, what? What's going on? It's like a joke or something, okay? Now, when you memorize Scripture, you know how you can use time twice, because when you're driving, you cannot do a Bible study, but if it's in your brain, what can you do? You can go through it in your brain. One of our comrades at Campus Ministries, brother, is a guy named, brother named Randy Skeet. Do you know him? Okay. He's memorized pretty much all of the New Testament, except for First and Second Corinthians, the Minor Prophets, portions of Genesis and Exodus. Okay. And I asked the brother, Randy, what is the secret to memorizing Scripture? 
He says, Brother Justin, that is very easy, that's very easy. You need to start with verse one, and after you start verse one, you go to verse two, and after verse two, you go to verse three, and verse three. Basically, you just gotta sit down and do it. There's no secret to it. But once you do it, you review, and you review, and you review, and you review, and after what becomes like second nature. And what he does is, Brother Ransky is a buff guy, you never wanna get in a bar fight, he'll never be in a bar to begin with, but he is buff, and he goes working out, and he's actually timed it out so that when he goes through the whole book of Titus, it's exactly five minutes. So from his warm-up routine, it's about five minutes. He actually memorizes Titus, and by the time he's done with Titus, he's done with his warm-up routine. And then he goes through Romans, whatever, and he has like, you know, da-da-da-da, Revelation, da-da-da-da-da. You can use time twice if you memorize. Second thing is this, memorizing large portions of information stretch your memory and it allows more space for more things. Don't think like, if I fill it with the Bible, there's no more space for something else. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. It may work that way for organic chemistry, but not for the Bible. What happens is, if you make your brain elastic, you can actually even stretch it even further. That's what the Bible does. Amen? Okay, number two. Practical. Make the day the day and the night the night. Okay? Now, I know this is GYC, so just kind of when you go back home and, and do this, okay? There are young men and young women who are very much opposed to order and discipline. They pay no heed to rules for rising and retiring at what? Regular hours, but burn the midnight oil and then lie in bed in the morning. Now, why are you laughing? Okay, laughter is a sign of conviction. Would it not, would it not be well to break up the habit of turning the precious hours into night and turning the hours of night into day by the use of artificial light? Okay, basically, if the sun's up, be up. If the sun's down, go down. Okay, if you're living in Michigan, it doesn't apply, but, you know, basically, <laughs> go with it. Number three, make memos and accomplish them. Okay, make memos. This is, this is what's happening. In the 80s, Franklin Covey, you know Fra Steve, Co Steve Covey? Uh, he did uh, Seven Habits of Happy People or something like that. Uh, yeah, whatever it is. Okay, that became popular because of that the Franklin Covey planner became popular. Okay. And after, after him became another guru, uh, it's called GTD, and that became a guru. There's all these fads in time management. Okay. Basically, we've come to a point where all time management experts say, all you need is a little memo. Funny, she said this a long time ago. Okay. Now your memo can be electronic, your memo can be a, a ghetto piece of paper, your, your, me your memo can be your hand, whatever it can be. Okay. But basically, here's the thing. Stress is not a result of a lot of things to do. Amen? We all have a lot of things to do. Okay? Stress is having a lot of things to do, but not knowing what you have to do. Yes? Hey, I have an exam, but I don't know when it is. And I don't know anything about for the exam. Like, you uh, know, no, no, no. But if you know the exam, you know the material for it, are you as stressed? Now, you may be a little bit anxious and whatever, but that's normal. Okay, that's not stress. Okay. Stress is, the one way to alleviate stress is this. Everything that you need to do for that day, put it on a piece of paper. Okay. And make sure you don't lose this paper, because if you lose this paper, then you're stressed. <laughs> as far as possible, it is well to consider what is to be accomplished through, through the day. Make a memo, memo of the different duties that await your attention, and set apart certain time for the doing of each duty. Let everything be done with thoroughness, neatness, and dispatch. So you have, I just put this thing down here, I gotta wash my car, I gotta email Amy, lunch with Tondo, I have, I have to go to Christmas shopping, 
you know, I just put that in there, whatever. I got play tennis, I don't know, whatever. GYC and research paper on ants, okay? This is, this is, your, this is your memo, okay? More likely, this, I just put this here, more likely your memo should be a page long because there's a lot of stuff we need to do, okay? It should go for months into the future. It's gonna be super detailed. Now here's the thing, everything you can do in five minutes, do right there and then and get it off your list. Mm -hmm. Second rule is don't add anything here that you've already done and cross it out to make yourself feel better, okay? <laughs> I know you do that, okay? I know you do that. Seminar, okay, oh, I'm, I'm, woo! Feel good. Don't do that, okay? Now, if you can do it in five minutes, do it. So email Amy, I'm just gonna go right now, and you cross it off your list, and you, you email Amy right off. You get those annoying things out of the way, okay? That's not that easy. Second thing is this. If you don't need to do it, don't do it. If you don't need to do it, don't do it, okay? Too often we have a, a uh, uh, appeasing society where like, oh man, he asked me to write the card. Oh, I gotta write the card, I don't wanna write the card. And you waste time, don't write the card. Excuse me, I don't wanna write the card. Here's the card back, just don't do it. So, hey, I don't wanna do Christmas shopping. No, no Christmas presents, I don't wanna do it. <laughs> Okay, tennis, do I need to do tennis? Okay, hey, I worked out this morning, do I really need to do this? Is this, is this worthy of my time? No, just cross it, get it out of there, okay? Now, wash my car, do I need to wash my car? Yeah, I need to wash my car. Now, here's the thing, if you can delegate it, <laughs> delegate it to somebody else. <laughs> okay, so rule number one is do it. Yes. Two is delete it. Three is delegate it. Yes? So you're gonna make a, hey, um, hey Joe, hey, how's it going? Hey, uh, you wanna come over? I'll buy you lunch. Uh, can you wash my car? Thanks, okay. <laughs> Boom. Okay, lunch with Tondo, is there anything that you can, uh, I need to meet with Tondo, so that's something you do. You plan for it, like, hey, okay, from 12 to 1.30, I'm gonna have lunch with Tondo, okay? And at, at, at 1.30, I'm gonna get out of there, okay? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna linger around. If I finish at one o'clock, hey, I have 30 minutes of kill time I can go on on Facebook or whatever you can do, okay? But at 1.30, I'm gonna get out of there. I'm gonna tell Tondo I have only up to 11th or 1.30, I'm gonna get out of it. And you, you define it in your life as 1.30 is the 1844 of your life and you gotta get out of there at 1.30. Amen? Get out of there. Now, if you have the type, okay, and depending on your culture, okay, if you're Korean, you're Asian, you have a mitigating culture you're like, you're, you're polite, it's 1.30, and I, I'm so sorry, um, I didn't, okay? Now, Westerners don't have a mitigating culture. They're like, hey, it's 1.30, gotta get up, see ya, bye, and they're out of there. <laughs> That's how, just how the culture is, okay? If you're from Asia or from Africa, it's game over. It's just, you know, it's Hispanics, uh, South Americans, it's just, you know, you sit till three o'clock. <laughs> Right? It's just the way it happens. Now, you have the best relationship with Tondo. You had the best meal of your life. But you got nothing done that day. Four, set aside time. Give yourself a number of minutes to do the work and do not stop to read papers and books that take your eye, but say to yourself, no, I have just so many minutes in which to do my work and I must accomplish my task in the given time. Let those who are naturally slow of movement, bunglers, seek to become active, quick, energetic, remembering the words of the apostle, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Amen? Amen. 
Five, create new habits. If you're under the control of slow, dilatory movements, and if your habits are of a lazy order, you will make a long job out of a short one. It is the duty of those who are slow to reform and to become more expeditious. If they will, they can overcome their fussy, lingering habits. And number six, regular, this is a long quote, but this is awesome. You guys, you guys ready? This one's really good. Okay, wake up, wake up your husbands or wives or your or person who smells next to you. Okay, Washington, the nation's, you know who Washington is? George, George, okay. <laughs> the nation's statement, statesman was enabled to perform a great amount of business because he was thorough in preserving order and regularity. Every paper had its date and its place and no time was lost in looking up for what had been mislaid. There's a, there's a, there's a principle, don't touch paper twice. Don't read email twice. How many of you read email twice? Those of you with your, with your smartphones, those things have been a bane to society because you end up reading email two times, three times, four times. Okay? If you have multiple email accounts, it's like you're dead. It's okay. <laughs> now, men of God must be diligent in study, earnest in the acquirement of knowledge, never wasting an hour. Through, through persevering exer exertion, they may rise to almost any degree of eminence as Christians, as men of power and influence. But many will never attain superior rank in the pulpit or in business because of their what? And the laxness of habits contracted in their youth. Okay, now keep going. This is really practical. Okay, careless inattention is seen in everything they undertake. A sudden impulse now and then is not sufficient to accomplish a reformation in these ease-loving, indolent ones. This is a work which requires patient continuance in well-doing. Now read this carefully. Okay, men of business can be truly successful only by having regular hours for four things. What are those four things? You wake up the same time every single day. You pray the sec same time every day. You eat meals the same time every day. And last is you go to bed the same time every day. They, they interviewed the top 500 CEOs in Fortune magazine one day, and they find in like 80, 80 or 70, 80% of them, guess what habits they all had? They had two habits that were universal. One, they all got up early. And second, they got up early at the same time every single day. What happens is their bodies became efficient. You don't even need an alarm clock. At the same time every night, your body just naturally goes to sleep. Okay? I know as college students it's difficult because of the lifestyle around you, but the most successful college students are the ones who go to bed early and wake up early and have regular hours. Okay? If order and regularity are essential in worldly business, how much more in what? In doing the work for God. Okay? To use time twice. Take a book with you to read when traveling on the cars or waiting in the depot. Okay? When you're waiting in the GYC meal line, don't just stand there like looking around bungling at the, oh, dude, here's a, a Christmas wreath they have. Okay? There's nothing new. Take a book with you. Okay? Read it. Buy a book from one of the booths. Use time twice. Okay? I used to drive and read the Bible at the same time. I almost got in a car accident and I was like, hey, if I'm going to die, it's the best way to die. But I realized that's, that's not smart to do. Employ, and continue reading it, employ every spare moment in doing something. In this way, an effectual door will be closed against a what? This has salvific implications. This is about victory over sin, if anything. Had King David been engaged in some useful employment, he would not have been guilty of the murder of 
Rise up early. Uh, Jeremiah 7, 13, 25, 11, 7, 25, all those verses, okay? Jeremiah repeats it over and over and over and over. God sends his servants, the prophets, early in the morning, yes? So he says, Israel, rise up early to listen to the prophets, okay? He doesn't say, stay up to 1 o'clock, and then the prophet will come to you. No, he doesn't say that at all, okay? Mark 1.35, in the morning, rising up a great while before day. In the Greek, it actually says what, about what time this could be. It could most likely around 4 to 5 o'clock. And the previous night, Jesus had healed the whole city of Capernaum. And he's probably stayed up until maybe 11, 12, healing all these people. And he gets up again at 4 or 5. To what? He went out. He departed from his roommate, from his, from his dormitory, went to a solitary place. And there he what? He took a nap. You know? He what? He prayed. Last one. I think this is the last one. Oh, was that a wolf? <laughs> I don't know what these other seminars are. Okay. The bright morning hours are wasted by many in? In bed. These precious hours, once lost, are gone, never to return. They are lost for time and for eternity. And I want to tell you guys this, okay, if you guys can do math. Calculate extra 10 minutes extra 20 minutes, extra 30 minutes in bed, added up over a year, and then added over a lifetime. Guess how many years you would waste. Go home and do this. Go home and do this, okay? Because we all sleep in different intervals, yes? Some of us for 15 minutes, some of us for an hour, okay? Do it. Continuing on, only one hour lost each day. Only one hour lost each day. How many hours is that? 365 days, that's 365 hours, yes? How many days is that? About 15. Two weeks you spent lying in bed. <laughs> Only one hour lost each day. What a waste of time in the course of a year. Let the slumberer think of this and pause to consider how he will give an account to God for lost opportunities. So here's the thing. We sleep in, we take naps, and we just on Facebook like, God, how come you're not blessing me? <laughs> how come not great things are happening to me? Nothing's that why, Lord, you're not, oh, I'm going to take a nap. You know, like this, <laughs> it does not work that way. Now, number one. You keep the glory of God central, yes? Fear God, give glory to Him, and you make sure that you give Him your time. And your focus is on the salvation of souls around you. That doesn't mean that you're just preaching, preaching. You want to make yourself a better person. You want to make yourself a relationship closer with Jesus. You want to know the Bible-based and be Christ-centered and become a good Adventist, okay? That's what you spend your time on. And God will help you with all these things. That also means you got to study, Amen. I'm going to read the Bible and not study. No, 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 no. God will not bless you when you do that. Okay? You will find the balance in Jesus. Now, when you have these things here, they're most likely things that will stay on this list forever and never come off. Yes? Has this happened to you? So you're like, okay, wash card, that's done, email done, and lunch, lunch with time. Okay, I had lunch with her. That was a good thing. I got out there by 1.30. Okay, good. Christmas shopping. Who cares about Christmas? Tennis. I hate tennis. Okay, GYC. Uh, yeah, I'll work on that later. And research paper on that. Oh, yeah, research paper on that. Oh, uh, yeah, I'll just work on that later. Okay, good. And you do whatever. Okay. Now, what is the problem between GYC, research paper on ants, and wash car? Wash car is an item that you can check off, right? It's a single line command. Whereas GYC, what is GYC? These two are not equal. Save the world. 
Wash car, okay. Save world. Yeah, it's gonna take some time. I'm gonna just... <laughs> Do you understand? And that is the, the that is the misunderstanding we've had of to-do list, of memos. And because of this misunderstanding, we just don't want to do this altogether. Okay? What you need to do is take this and make it into bite-sized, edible, digestible steps. So one, GYC, make a list. Two, call uh, Justin McNeilis. Three, uh, go prepare for seminar. Four, uh, say hi to mom, or I don't know what it is. Okay. <laughs> Now, is this a little bit more digestible than this? Do you, do you know what I'm saying with this? Okay. Uh, do a research paper on ants. When you do that, that's not something you want to do, research paper on ants. Okay. But one, step one, open browser Wikipedia ants. <laughs> Two, go to library. <laughs> Three, find, I'm not even writing English now. Uh, find four books. Step four. Uh, catch an ant, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> now, is that more digestible? Yes. yes? That's something like, okay, make a list, okay, made a list, okay, call, okay, got it, got it, got it. And what happens is you map out the completion of whatever you intended for when you wrote GYC. And what happens, you actually progress downwards and finally you can take, oh, and it, research paper on ants can crypt crossed off. That's how you use a to-do list, okay? What I'm saying is this, dedicate this to the Lord. Because if you don't, you're going to spend your time on the Christmas shopping and the tennis. And if you don't do this, someone else will live your life for you. Step one, do it. Step two, delete it. Step three, delegate it. Step four, detail it. Last slide for today, and what we can get out of here. You guys tired? No. Amen. Oh, yeah. Number nine, be useful. Be useful. This is a long quote. We're not going to read the whole thing, but basically in the end, uh, in the middle. Uh, just kidding, we're going to read the whole thing. Young ministers should study to make themselves useful wherever they are. Hmm, excuse me. When invited to visit persons at their homes, they should not sit idle, making no effort to help in ones whose hospitality they share. Obligations are mutual. If the minister shares the hospitality of his friends, it is his duty to respond to their kindness by being thoughtful and considerate in his conduct toward them. The entertainer may be a man of care and hard labor by manifesting a disposition not only to wait upon himself, but to render timely assistance. The minister may often find access to the heart and open the way for the reception of truth. Basically, she's saying this. Once you're converted, and once you've given the Lord your time, and you're an efficient person, and you're useful, you can tell useful people around them. Okay? While you're waiting in the 15 minutes between seminars, there are some people who are like, hmm, I'm not a useful person. How can I be useful? How can I make an impact, small or big? So they'll, they'll go around, it's like, hey, how are you to make friends or whatever? Other people say, hey, there's, there's loose paper all around. Let me pick this up. Oh, mm -hmm. uh, hey, you know, the air conditioning is not on. Let me go find someone to, to turn the air conditioning on. They're thinking, how can I be useful? How can I be useful? How can I be useful? But too often, we just sit here and like, 15 minutes? Ah, oh, 15 minutes. <sighs> Guess what happens? This is boring. What, what am I doing here? What's the point of this? <sighs> <sighs> and you become this moron. Okay. 
Now, here's the thing. Our generation's becoming more like that, yes? We're bored. We need to start thinking efficiency and usefulness. How can I be useful? Don't even wait for someone to say, hey, can you do this? Can you? If they're asking you to do it, it's already too late. You need to start thinking. And are you smart? I believe every person in this room is smart. And if you're converted, you can smart, you can think convertedly. How can I be useful? How can I be useful? Even here as GYC attendees, how can you be useful for the cause? You're not an attendee. You're part of GYC. I'll be realize that. You're not a guest here. You are here. How can we be part of the very infrastructure of the movement that we're part of? No one's going to ask you to do it. You do it yourself. Amen? Amen. From this presentation, number one, do you feel guilty on how you used time in the past? Now, if you don't, come talk to me because I want to get your seven hard notes, okay? okay? I don't know how you keep time. Do you feel guilty? Yes. Have you wasted precious moments in the past? Yes. Emotionally? Yes. Academically? Yes. Sp- <laughs> <laughs> Spiritually? Yes. Mentally? Yes. Do you want to be more of an efficient person? Yes. Do you want to be more of a Jesus person? Do you want to sacrifice your time to Jesus Christ? Yes. Do you want to be successful yes. for Jesus Christ? Yes. Stand and let's have a word of prayer for consecration. Father in heaven, Lord, this is a lot of information. We thank you for information. More than information, Lord, we need the power of conversion. Lord, we can even become legalistic in our timekeeping. That is not our desire at all. Lord, we love you so much that we want to manifest our love for your Son even in the time that we spend here on earth. Bless each person in this room, every person who can hear my voice. Help us to be more Christ-centered in our time be more Bible-based in our time, to be more uh, applicable Adventist in our culture in time. Bless each student here. Bless for their sacrifice of coming out here for the GYC. Bless their studies. Bless their time away from their families. Or if the families are here, bless the entire family. And Lord, whether they're a student or not, maybe we have some parents in here. Lord, bless every person to be more mindful of our time, timeliness. And Lord, may we be useful. Jesus Christ was a carpenter on this earth. He wasn't a philosopher that sat around and did nothing. Lord, help us to be useful like Jesus Christ. Help us to be the very fiber of this movement, of this church, of your cause, the gospel on this earth. Bless our sisters. Help them to be more, more useful, (laughs) more balanced, Pray for my brothers, Lord, for myself. May we be more mindful of what the other gender does and aspire to be more rounded also. Lord, bless our sleeping habits, our eating habits, our waking hours, and our retiring hours. And Father, my prayer is this. Someday we'll be standing in the sea of glass and we'll be standing amidst very important people all because of you've converted our usage of time. 
Father, I, I ask that this room may be converted into future presidents, future CEOs, future lawyers, future conference presidents, I don't know, whatever it is, but not for our glory, Lord. Not for ours. Not even for the enjoyment of these positions. But so that you can increase our influence and that influence may be for Jesus Christ alone. And this is our sincere prayer in Jesus' name. This media was produced by Audioverse for GYC, Generation of Youth for Christ. If you would like to learn more about GYC, please visit www.gycweb.org. Or if you would like to listen to more free online sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.